The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye live from Fort Saskatchewan. Decision Alberta, the rural urban divide. Jobs and the economy on 630 Chad. It is uh, 2.35. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Again, a big, uh, huge thanks to Mayor Tim McPhee from the town of Vegraville and Mayor Gail Catcher from the city of Fort Saskatchewan for joining me in the last half hour. Uh, this half hour, we talk about, you just heard it in the intro, we're talking urban-rural divide plus jobs and the economy. And you heard uh, Mayor Catcher talking about it, one of the big drivers out here right now when we talk about Alberta's industrial heartland. Um, I know many of you have heard about this. Maybe some of you don't. Maybe you're still learning about it. Well, the guy to talk to to learn more about it is Mark Plamondon, the executive director of Alberta's Industrial Heartland Association. And Mark joins me this afternoon. Thanks. It's nice to see you again. You bet. Thank you for inviting me, Jalen. It's, it's great to see you. It seems we've been following around. Yes. Uh, we've been following each other around yes. recently. So let's start with some of the some of the basics when we're talking about this. When you talk about the the heartland, sure. what is that? So, good question. And as you said, a lot of, a lot of Albertans may be aware of Alberta's industrial heartland, but but maybe not. And Alberta's industrial heartland is a industrial cluster per se. Twenty years ago or so, the municipalities of Edmonton, our city of Fort Saskatchewan, Strathcona County, Sturgeon County, and Lamont County, um, zoned off in a 582 square kilometer area, um, heavy industrial zoned area, um, with the foresight of, of of developing this area into a into a a, a cluster for value add energy processing. And so, you know, those four municipalities now make up the Heartland Association and the city of Edmonton have since joined. But the idea of the association is to attract investments to this area, which is, uh, in essence, uh, Canada's largest hydrocarbon processing area. When you talk about a hydrocarbon yeah. processing, again, there's yes. folks out there that know what this yeah. is. Yeah. There's a lot of other folks yeah. who, um, you know, aren't in the energy yeah. business. What is that? Yeah, perfect. So let me let me try to just describe it a little better. I'm, I'm, using, <laughs> I'm using terminology that I've used over and over again. But in essence, this area here is trying to value add, upgrade the energy resources that are in the ground in Alberta. So so if you take natural gas, natural gas comes out of the ground and there's a number of components to natural gas. Okay, So the majority of it is methane, and I think most people mm-hmm. have heard of methane, but there's also um, ethane, propane, butane, and others. And so all of these components, um, they, the individual components can be value-add upgraded to various petrochemical um, uh, products. Um, so, f- you know, and, and, and common products from these things would either be chemicals or plastics and things mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, you're taking a, a natural gas, which has both ca- carbon and hydrogen in it, and you're upgrading it to either products or other energy or other chemical pro- um, products. Now, on the, on the oil side, um, it's also here in the heartland, we're looking at value-added processing of, of bitumen mm-hmm. through partial upgrading or just straight upgrading and refining, and there's those types of product projects here in the heartland as well. So, recently, the the association uh, had a big conference, and then yes. everyone was there, and I was thrilled to be uh, a part of it, but, you know, sitting there and listening to some of the stories, some of the homegrown stories, I mean, you talk about some of the big industries, the, um, you know, out of country industries yep. who are here, but some of these homegrown stories that have started 
right here. They're really impressive. Well, yeah. So, so the first investment here in this area started uh, construction, I think, was in the late 1950s. Um, Sherrod Gordon Mines at the time built uh, their nickel refinery here in the Fort, in Fort Saskatchewan. And the reason for locating here, mm -hmm. it's the same story now today as it was back then. The reason for locating here is there was cheap natural gas, very cheap natural gas, which is used in the refining process here, access to a fresh water source, um, you know, a skilled workforce nearby, cheap electricity, all of these um, advantages that we have. And those are reasons to locate in the 50s. And since then, additional companies have located here for many of the same competitive advantages. And so the area has built up a bit of a cluster mm -hmm. here. And so there's additional infrastructure, there's great rail access, road access, um, again, um, access to highly skilled labor uh, in the Edmonton region. Um, and so, you know, the cluster benefits of all these companies, they also now have additional benefits of, of some outputs from one company becoming an input for another company. And so, you know, we really have been fortunate that uh, there's been a lot of growth in the area and, and, and a lot of it is driven by taking advantage of the competitive advantages that are offered here. So when you look at um, the, the heartland, how many jobs would be, I might be putting you on the spot no, there. No, 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 okay, no, 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 you're not. <laughs> so, <laughs> when you're looking at jobs in yeah. this area, what does that represent? Yeah, so right now, so we, we consider Alberta's industrial heartland to be an economic engine for Alberta and for Canada. So the companies that operate here right now, those companies combined, you have well over 6,000 direct jobs working at these companies. Now, these aren't you know, your part-time jobs. These are good, high-paying, mm -hmm. middle-class jobs mm -hmm. that really drive uh, economies and really help build strong communities. But on top of that, those are the direct jobs that are uh, people that are employed by the companies that operate here. But on top of that, there's all the indirect uh, effects of, one, using goods and services. Uh, these companies use goods and services from other companies. And then there's all the induced and other spin-offs that come with. So there's at least 25000 at least $25,000, uh, 25000 additional jobs mm -hmm. associated with what's happening here. So it is a real uh, economic powerhouse here, and uh, we think there's a, a lot of growth opportunities here too. So when a company decides it wants to start, start right. something here, I mean, we were listening to Bernard uh, Perron from yes. um, Interpipeline talking the other day. Yes. Um, from the time that they decide this is where we want to be to the time where they're putting out... Yeah. How long is that? Well, it, it, so Does it depend? The, the answer will be it depends okay, on the project, right? It depends on what they're doing, how much work's been done already in engineering, how complicated the project is. So it, the answer is it depends. But, you know, what we do as an association, and, and we are... Um, primarily focused on investment attraction. We also work with governments and, and communities and, and, and infrastructure planning, but the main sort of focus is investment attraction. So we will work with companies, primarily international companies, that want to understand, okay, if I have some capital dollars and I want to invest in a new petrochemical mm -hmm. facility, where could that be? And that's where we work with these companies to help them understand the competitive advantages of the area here, help them understand what potential land is available where they could put a project, introduce them to potential joint venture partners because there's lots of companies operating here already that may be looking for joint venture partners. Um, we, you know, we're trying to facilitate that, those types of conversations so that companies can figure out where their next capital investment could be and we're hoping, of course, that it's in the industrial heartland. 242, Mark Plamond and the Executive Director of Alberta's Industrial Heartland Association joining me as we broadcast live this afternoon from the city of Fort Saskatchewan, right uh, from the Lakeview Inn and Suites in Fort Saskatchewan, just off 101st Street. There is a candidates forum taking place here this evening. Um, they'll be, it'll be, be getting underway at 6.30, so if you want to come check that out in this area. Now, when we talk about those advantages, let's just yes. break this down a sure. little bit more. So I was writing down notes yes. as you were speaking the other day, and I didn't yeah. get them 
all down. You've touched on a few of them. You talk about the obvious ones, the proximity to oil um, and gas resources. You talk about um, decades of resources in the ground. The decades of resource in the ground, I was fascinated with because I think sometimes we hear about other things we're not sure. But when you talk about that, when you talk yeah. about decades, yeah. how long is decades? Yeah, so, well, decades is just <laughs> that. So, so to talk about the advantages here, I mean, the, the number one main competitive advantage to coming here is the access to low-cost feedstock. Mm-hmm. That is the number one reason. That's the number one advantage, and there's all these other advantages that I've mentioned, but the number one advantage is the access to low-cost feedstock, which gives companies coming here that uh, economic competitive advantage. Um, now, that feedstock in the ground, the... the, the um, the deposits and the resources that are in the ground here in Alberta, um, when I say when I say decades at current consumption rates, that really means multiple decades. Yeah. Like you could almost push over a century. Like we're not talking two or we're, three. We're not talking two <laughs> or three. We're talking many decades of resources at the consumption rates today. There is no shortage. Yeah. We're not running out. And the advantage the advantage here, I mean, w- one of the reasons why uh, a petrochemical company could come here and, and get such cheap feedstock is similar to the oil situation that we are demand constrained. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we have so much supply and demand and egress is, is limited. And so you are at a point where propane trades at a tremendous discount to what it would be in mm-hmm. the United States. So, you know, in the United States propane market, uh, the market makers in the States, your price you'll get here in Alberta will be what you could get in the United States, less all the transportation costs yeah. of getting there. So you're going to move it by rail all the way down there, which is really expensive. So you're getting propane here at a significant discount to anywhere else um, in North America. So you have some of the lowest propane costs, which is one of the reasons that you mentioned Interpipeline, that they're um, building mm-hmm. a facility here that takes propane through to polypropylene. It's been fascinating because, um, you know, Chedville, if you've been listening, you know, on, on this radio station or you've been listening to, you know, our sister station at Global Television, you see those big, you know, the, the warnings about how these these big uh, industrial parts are being moved, yep. you know, and it takes four or five days. Yep. It's, it's th- this is where it's coming to. You bet. You this bet. This is where it's coming to. Yeah, some of the largest uh, moves of, of vessels were just recently with the yeah. pipeline construction that uh, we talked about here recently and, and, and yesterday, or on Monday, I guess, yep. when we saw you. And, and absolutely, those those vessels are moving from f- facilities that are fabricating those vessels yep. here in the region. So again, it, jobs all associated with fabricating these these vessels. And then moving them and, and erecting them at site, it really is amazing. Uh, the, the video that we saw the other day was really interesting. I, I drove by IPL sites uh, just uh, yesterday, and, and again, lots of progress, and it looks really great. And and similarly, on the on the other side of the river, but in uh, Alberta's industrial heartland, um, the the Canada. Uh, Kuwait Petrochemical yes. Corporation, which is the Pamina Kuwait joint venture. In fact, Mayor Ketcher had referenced that. They will be doing a, a similar project as well um, starting uh, this year that would, again, take a similar amount of propane through to polypropylene. So it's tremendous. Mark, we need to take a, a break here when we come back. I want to talk about some of the challenges. I mean, as much as, you know, there's a lot of attraction, a lot of great things here, there are some challenges as well. I want to touch on that with Mark Plamondon, the Executive Director of Alberta's Industrial Heartland Association, as we continue our live broadcast this afternoon from the City of Fort Saskatchewan. Decision Alberta on the 630 Chad Afternoon News. 
Broadcasting live from Fort Saskatchewan this afternoon from Lakeview Inn and Suites where a candidates forum will be held this evening. Coming up the next hour, we're going to hear from those candidates, so stick around uh, for that. Right now, Mark Plamondon, the uh, Executive Director of Alberta's Industrial Heartland Association, joining me, uh, I was going to say in studio, but it's really kind of in the lobby of the hotel, which is great. Yeah, out here in beautiful Fort Saskatchewan. It's wonderful. I yes. said it's been a long time since I've been out here, and it was a really nice drive. When we talk about the number of... Um, facilities yeah. that are in the um, in the heartland right now. What are we looking at? Yeah, so in, as an association, we say we have over 40 companies operating in the heavy industrial area, but there's 22 sort of large-scale anchor tenant type companies operating here. Um, when I was, when we, you were talking on Monday at this event yeah. that we were at together, you talked about the potential growth out here, and it was a, it was a big number. Yeah, so right now, right now we, we, we say that there's over $40 billion of invested capital into the area and, and given where um, the the low-cost feedstock advantage is right now in the heartland we think there's real opportunity to grow this region by an additional 30 billion between wow. now and 2030 so that would put us from a 40 billion dollar jurisdiction to a 70 billion dollar wow. jurisdiction by 2030 and that's not that's not you know sort of pie in the sky very op- I mean there's those, these are real bona fide opportunities uh, for the heartland What are the challenges right now facing the heartland? Well, you know, there are the advantages that we talked about earlier, and and certainly those advantages can offset a lot of disadvantages. Mm -hmm. But some of the main disadvantages in our area... one of them is uh, the regulatory environment. So, you know, it is important to have a uh, efficient, streamlined, clearly understood uh, regulatory environment where investors coming to Canada and Alberta feel very confident that the, the regulatory environment uh, will be there for them and they will be able to go through all of the uh, processes to get their project built in a, in a, mm-hmm. in a steady or, or streamlined way in an inefficient manner, I guess, is, is the way to put it. So one of those is, you know, to ensure that we have a streamlined environment. That is a challenge relative to other jurisdictions. The, we have, um, you know, companies that operate in various jurisdictions have indicated that uh, they can move things along a little faster mm-hmm. in other jurisdictions. And of course, course, time is money, and, and yep. the longer you wait for your project to get off, off the ground, the more uncertainty you face as well, right? So that's one of them. We've certainly um, seen that. <laughs> absolutely. The, 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 the other one in the area, and the, and the main one in the area, is access to market, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, like it or not, uh, Alberta's not close to uh, millions and millions of people. We need to export products that come out of Alberta's mm-hmm. industrial heartland. And most of the products in the petrochemical space would be moved by rail. Okay. And so that's additional cost and additional potential constraints and access to ports and, mm-hmm. and all of these things to get products to market. So you have these great advantages of low-cost feedstock, but the disadvantage of getting to market and getting things done quickly are, are there as well. And, and another disadvantage here in Canada uh, or in Alberta is... The fact is uh, we have winter here. And so construction costs, uh, capital costs for your plant would likely be um, higher, slightly higher. It depends on exactly the time and and when you're building it and what facility you're building. But capital costs will likely be higher here as well. And so that all becomes part of the economic conversation. Well, what kind of success have you had, um, you know, at the provincial level, even the federal level, uh, for that matter, when it comes to having some of those uh, challenges addressed? I mean, I was talking about this Heart of Opportunity magazine that that, um, Mayor Catcher had handed to me as well. I know this is something that's that's being used, but how much success is there? Well, I think I, I, th- I think, you know, if we look what's happening right now, there's two major projects that have been announced. One's in construction mm-hmm. and one's announced already. So so I think that tells that there certainly is opportunity here to, for the 
competitive advantages to offset the disadvantages for sure. But we talked to um, part of our, you know, policy recommendations um, includes um, government support for these types of projects. And the reason we, we say that government support for these projects is necessary is because, one, there's these disadvantages we need to get over, and two, that's what's happening in other jurisdictions. Mm -hmm. And if you're a company coming to our region and you have capital as mobile, you can go to a number of regions. If you're coming to our region and you look at comp competing regions and you'll see what sort of supports there are for, from governments and other regions, we need to be at the table with these things. And, and if we want these types of companies and businesses to come to our region, government support is necessary. And these companies, once they invest here, are here for decades and decades and provide tremendous economic spin-offs. And they're great uh, corporate citizens here too. So I think, you know, it's really important to have government support. And that's one of the things that we've advocated for over the last couple of years. And I'm guessing as we're moving into, um, you know, election in less than, than two weeks, um, what are you looking for? Obviously, some of the things you just touched on, but right. what what are you looking for from a provincial from a, yeah. on a provincial level yeah. um, for the heartland? Yeah, so uh, and, and not specific to the heartland, but just in general for 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 investment and to encourage investment. The sort of three things that we'll talk about is one, we talk about the necessary of having a competitive tax framework, and that's all that's yeah. all taxes, right? So you need to have an overall competitive tax framework that includes everything. Um, we will talk about uh, a streamlined regulatory environment. You want to be a leader with respect to your environmental policies and a leader with respect to getting approvals in place so companies can come here and invest with confidence. Um, and then the third one is the, the companies are the uh, supports for investment that we talked about. Yeah. And, and that is really um, to recognize that a little bit of help is to de-risk the project at the front, but you will get decades and decades of, of benefits over the long term that really lead to, to vibrant communities here. So those are sort of three components that we talk about. Well, it certainly has been fascinating to learn about over uh, the past couple of years, more specifically for me in the past couple of months. And I really appreciate you stopping by, taking time to shine a spotlight on on uh, the industrial heartland, which, um, as we know, we talk about an, econom an economic driver in this province and for this country, it's so important right now and, can, and will continue to be, hopefully, for a very long time. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. It was great talking to you. There you go. It's Mark Plamondon, the Executive Director of Alberta's Industrial Heartland Association. Uh, you can follow... Um, Mark, well, the, the association, let's put it that way, on Twitter at AB Heartland. Uh, lots of information on their website as well. Uh, we'll take a break here at 2.56. We'll continue our live coverage, Decision Alberta, the urban-rural divide, jobs and the economy, right after this. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chan.